Listener supported. WNYC Studios. I got a 38 pistol on a 45 train. Tell me how can I miss when I got it in and it's right. From NewSounds.org and the studios of WNYC in New York, this is Soundcheck, our series of live performances and interviews. I'm John Schaefer. The sounds of American roots music, folk ballads, fiddle tunes, early blues, Mardi Gras marches, they may seem like they belong to another century. But the New York-based collective called Too Sad for the Public takes those old songs and remakes them often in surprising ways. Their latest album, their second volume, is called Yet and Still. And Too Sad for the Public's ringleader, the arranger and producer Dick Kinnett, returns to our studio today with a sextet version of the band to play some of their new old songs. And they'll start us off with this arrangement of the song Railroad Bill.
That is a version of the song Railroad Bill, played live here in our studio by Too Sad for the Public, which is kind of a rotating cast of characters, rotating around the composer, arranger, and producer Dick Kinnett, and today featuring Anna Eggy on vocals and the National Steel slide guitar, Bobby Hawk on violin, uh, we've got Lorenzo Wolf on electric guitar and synthesizer, Michael Isvara Montgomery on the bass, and Ethan Eubanks behind our drum kit. Dick's good to see you again. Hello, John. Yeah, great to be here. So, um, as I say, it is a kind of a rotating cast, although you and Anna have worked together quite a lot at, uh, over, yeah, yeah, over yeah, recent uh, years. Anna's been singing a lot of the songs that we've been working on, and and is uh, deeply rooted in guitar styles uh, that I admire much. And so it's not only as a singer, but it's also as a player and right. working out arrangements together and finding parts around what she can do on the guitar. And that's a really important element of, uh, of working with Anna and her as a musician. So uh, what original version of Railroad Bill did you go to? Uh, fundamentally, it's the Etta Baker finger-picking version that okay. uh, I'm drawing them. But there's so many versions. Uh, uh, I mean, the Hobart Smith version is just scary, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a quote-unquote bad man ballad, right? Yes, it is. Uh, along the lines of John Hardy or uh, Staggerly. Jesse James. Staggerly, yeah. 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 And, and it is one of several pieces on the record yet and still that you revisit. On the record, there's a second version of Railroad Bill, which yes. which has a kind of an odd harmonica, yet somehow post-minimalist kind of <laughs> flavor. I don't know how you did that. Uh, I, could, I can tell you a little secret. I The thing was, when we first recorded uh, Railroad Bill with Anna, there were a bunch of parts that we recorded that I didn't use in the final mix. And I thought, well, I still like those parts. And so... <laughs> I thought, let's record Railroad Bill again. And I was working with Lorenzo Wolf at his studio. And I said, you know all the things that make uh, Anna's Railroad Bill cool? We're taking them all out. <laughs> and uh, so Lorenzo was wincing regularly. No, no, taking the bass line out. <laughs> Remember the drum part? That's gone. Ooh. But I had this idea when I was working on that about a harmonica choir. And I recorded 24 harmonica parts with Heim, Tan, and Bob. 24 harmonica parts, which that's why we get the sound that we get. Uh, and that really creates the mood for the first part of that version of Railroad Bill. Going up the mountain if I have to crawl To give old Jeff's boys a taste of my life And it's right And then he sings the, the, yes. the song. Yeah. Yes, but then also with Heim, I mean, I constructed the sequence of lyrics with Anna's version very purposefully. And I won't go into what I meant because what I meant is whatever anybody got. Sure. Yeah. But with Heim, I said, so Heim played the harmonica. I said, so Heim, do you, do you like to sing Railroad Bill? I said, yeah, sure. And so I said, well, what verses do you like to sing? I got three. He said, okay, let's hear those three. Okay. And we just used that. So that was 
a, a, a way of letting go, saying, okay, what is the way you listen to Railroad Bill? How do you hear it, Heim, Tannenbaum? And that's what we worked with. So is that how, I mean, uh, as I say, that's just one of several re- uh, songs that you, you're constantly kind of looking again at during the course of this record. And I, I kind of like that idea of taking these old songs, looking at them anew, and then looking at them anew yet again. Well, to begin with, if you're working with American folk music, you're doing cover songs anyway. Right. We're starting off with the cover, but then I'm kind of covering my cover. And, uh, you know, in one of the um, one, uh, songs off, uh, instrumental mainly off uh, the album, is called Uncle Bunting. And uh, there was a solo violin uh, recording by Uncle Bun Stevens. And I've always loved that. And I used to think... There's a symphony in that. There's a symphony in that recording, and every variation is a movement. That was 40 years ago. I haven't written that symphony yet, but I visited it for this album. Yeah. And I took six bars from his recording and made an arrangement. Rob Moose played it for bluegrass ensembles. I structured it all out very strictly. Rob played all the instruments. And I finished it, and I thought, I got something here. I got something here. Well, you know what? Maybe I'll do it for four violins and, and, and viola. That's where it came from. Let's do a version. So I changed the structure and we did that. And then Steve Elson was here in the studio. I said, hey, Steve, you know, this could be a good marching band tune. Why don't you do that? Yeah. And so Steve put together an arrangement for marching band. That's sort of the way the best tunes in in American music and other musics, too, if people really like them, they'll play them every which way. It's a polka. No. You know, it's an organ trio. No. You know, the best songs get treated all different ways. And there's my license. Yeah, right. So, uh, for example, uh, the New Orleans Mardi Gras classic known as Hey Now or uh, various titles. Um, One version of Hey Now on this record it sounds very close to the Golden Crown, you know, the, the sort of traditional Golden Crown song. Yes, yes, yes. The second version reminds me, do you know Magic Bus, the song by The Who? Oh, that, that begins uh, with, the, with the little shakers oh, and percussion I, and do stuff? Do I know? Of course I know Magic Bus. Bus, yes, yes. <laughs> that, that, because oh. the other version of Hey Now has that kind of, that's what it reminded me of, of all things. <laughs> no, well, it, it makes sense. We, there are about six or seven different percussion parts on there, people beating on wood and metal. And I should say, and I'm ready and receiving all phone calls, <laughs> <laughs> that there is some looped percussion from the original recording by the Dixie Cups of Ico Ico. Yeah. So that's added to the mix, too. But then also, but on that track, Ethan Eubanks is playing drums. It's sort of the drum track behind there as well as 
uh, you know, he's got a, I got, I know he's got a tambourine part in there. Right. It's a percussion. But we, I really wanted to get that second line feel of just all the stuff going on where nothing matters and everything counts, you know? And just that's what I wanted to sound like. Right. So this constant reassessment of what you can do with a song. And we can talk in a little bit about uh, your your previous project called Last Forever, but the, the idea is some of these songs are kind of built to last a long time and to be in almost eternally malleable it seems yeah i something that happens to me because when i listen to these things railroad bill's a good example there's if you take the melody of railroad bill and just sort of sketch it out just the bones of it it's just got a beautiful symmetrical structure you know it just hits every place just right you know and I just wonder, because somebody found this. Somebody, you know, they sang it and they sang it and they changed it and they sang it until there it landed. You know, and then to build arrangements around what I consider to be that bone and then shake it around. I mean, I don't know, the bass line, like when we're hitting, it's in C, when uh, we hit the C chord, Ish Montgomery is playing a D and, uh, you know, and Anna was saying, uh, Dick, you know, I'm, I'm singing a C at that. Don't worry, Anna, go with it because, <laughs> You take these really strong melodies, then you can shift things around, you know, all around it, because the core, the heart, is beating strong. All right, we're going to come back to that idea uh, later on uh, when when you all do Shake Sugary, because... Oh, that's, it, ooh, that's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but worse or, or better, uh, one might say, especially the one who has arranged and produced it, but uh, whatever. Um, where does old 40 come from? Um, uh, there was a, a field or a set of field recordings that were funded, I forget if it was state or a national grant, to do field recordings in Florida back in the late 70s. And it was called Drop On Down in Florida. Some great church stuff on there. But there was also a man named Richard Williams who played guitar and uh, sang the song Old 40. And, and like when I first heard it, what, 45 years ago? I thought, I love this. I want to do something with this, but I don't know what. And so, so it's just, you know, it's, we, when you say field recording, you know, you think like 1910, maybe 1940. The idea that somebody was doing this in the late 70s. It's a great thing. Some, it was a, a couple of people, they said, we want, we want to document the music scene in Florida. And it's mostly African-American music scene before it gets lost, because it's still happening. And, you know, I recommend the record to everybody. It's a re-release on Dusty Digital. It's just some beautiful, beautiful music. All right, well, uh, you waited 45 years to have a crack at it. Let's, let's see what you've done. The, uh, the band is too sad for the public. The LP is volume two, yet and still. This song is on it, but here's a live performance of Old 40. I wanna go further down the road. 
The song is called Old 40, in an arrangement and performance by the ensemble known as Too Sad for the Public. And Dick, if, if I didn't know that there was already a first volume with this this title, I would have thought Too Sad for the Public was about that song. That is just... <laughs> <laughs> that's like really like knife to the heart kind of stuff. Yeah, I'll tell you something. And that's that, my bag. <laughs> <laughs> that's her thing, baby. That is my thing. <laughs> uh, so, so Anna, when Dick sent you the song, yeah, it was immediate. I, thought, I mean, I think I called him immediately. I was like, "Oh my god, I love it!" And, and how did this arrangement get worked out? Uh, I, I, I know the answer to that question, John. I. I uh, but I also wanted to bring up something about the way the song feels is that when I heard it 45 years ago, I thought, love the way this guy sings, love the way he plays guitar. But the words are all mixed up. I got to change the words because he says, I got to go. And then he says, I'm going to stay. He say, love me, but I'm going down the road. Miss me, but I'm going to go. Love me. And I thought, What's he saying? You know, which is it? You know? And uh, 45 years later, I realized the perfect expression of a divided mind, mm. and of ambivalence, of, of the heart pulling in two directions. And I thought, so maybe it took me 45 years of life experience to go, Richard Williams, now I hear what you're talking about. Yeah. And I don't know if that's what Anna was responding to or not. Yeah, I thought it was perfect. <laughs> I thought it was perfect. Also interesting, Anna, to watch you play the guitar with h- hardly any left hand at all. It's mostly yeah open strings on, yeah. on the National Steel there. Mm-hmm. Um, so where does the name Too Sad for the Public come from? Uh, you know the song Old Country Rock by William Moore? He was a, he was a barber yeah. and he played, I think they call him one of the Piedmont finger pickers. Oh, okay. He had like a rag, blues, little yeah. raggy style. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the words are, you know, it's like dink to dink, dink, dink to dink. And he's just talking over and he's going, Old people rock, young people rock, daddy rock, uh, little kids rock, baby rock, granddaddy rock, rock on down by the Rappahannock. Let, you know, stand by and let me rock a while. And then in the middle, he takes an instrumental break and he goes, too sad. I mean, too sad for the public. (laughs) 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 And then he goes back to saying, now let's rock again. (laughs) And, and, you know, I love that. In fact, Grill Grill Marcus uh, made a point. The noted writer, yeah. Yeah, he developed several paragraphs about saying, everything is in this song. (laughs) And when I, I sent him some of my album, and he wrote me back and said, I didn't know when someone had a group named after my, you know, that song that I love. I said, yeah, I've been doing it for a while. Yeah. But another thing is that sad in the vernacular also means the opposite. So it's kind of like sick or bad, where the words have contained both the positive and negative aspects. So when he was saying too sad for the public, he was saying, I'm kicking it now, man. Uh, I am, this yeah. is just too sad. Okay. So... You know, that's sort of what I aim for and, and what I'm up to, to have that both going on at the same time. Right. Now, uh, Too Sad for the Public, this is the second volume, but p- prior to this band, you and the late singer Sonia Cohen had a long-running duo called Last Forever, which also was mining a lot of these same kind of different styles of American roots music, right? Yes, oh yes, most definitely. And uh, uh, But when Sonia died, that, that 
it really the project was what we could discover together with the musicians that we loved, and uh, but it. You know, her roots, her, her mother is Penny Seeger, her father was John Cohn from the New Lost City Ramblers. She grew up with that music and brought that everywhere she went. And extraordinary singer, and as with Anna, uh, I, love her, I loved her spirit, and the work that I wanted to do in terms of lyrics were how I felt, what I imagined they would want to present. So really... It's coming, th me coming through them, and the same thing is true for a Anna. But so but Sonia was different, you know, and so that was a different project, even though plumbing the same kind of musical influence and roots. Right, and sometimes you would do your own songs where where you could find pretty easily the DNA of of the the source material. I'm thinking of John Doe number 24, oh, for yes. example. Oh John Hardy, yeah. Which is another bad man ballad that yeah. you that you repurposed as a kind of pretty incisive look at how we treat unhoused people in in our society so. he never spoke a word he was deaf he was blind no one knew his name and what's more they were 23 just like him in the system at the time so they had to call him John Doe 24 call him John Doe number 24 so with the first volume for, of Too Sad for the Public, there were, an, it, it, looking back doesn't mean looking back hundreds of years necessarily. There's a song on that first volume called Chuck Baby. Oh, yeah. Which, Chuck uh, Baby, which is uh, Chuck uh, Brown. Tribute to Chuck Brown, the king of go-go in, uh, in Washington, D.C. Yeah, no, I was walking on the street and kind of singing Chuck Baby to myself, and then I realized, wait a minute, the Led Zeppelin drum part from Fool in the Rain would go great with this. <laughs> and so I thought, let's start with that. But also on that album, there was the Van Morrison song, which only went back to uh, Astral Weeks and Brown Eyed Girl. Right. Uh, which uh, you titled Young Loves to Love. Yes, I did. Laughing and a running, hey, hey, skipping and jumping in the misty morning fall. It was Van Morrison's brown-eyed girl with a completely different set of harmonies of chords underneath. Exactly. And that goes back to something that you had mentioned before and I said we would come round to because with your version of Shake Sugary, the classic blues by Elizabeth Cotton, you've, you've done it again, it seems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, um, well, first, I love Elizabeth Cotton and what uh, a you know what a guitar player and, and what a singer and and Le she, she left-handed right yeah she I think played she was, it she played it the other way yeah she yeah. played an upside down guitar left-handed so the chords were all quote unquote wrong also that means that what is normally the thumb which alternates the bass is her forefinger yeah. and she's using the thumb for the melody 
So she's I guess, so I guess she's playing it upside down. That's what it means, right? That means the bass strings are in the bottom. She just took the guitar and then okay, over here, <laughs> and then adjusted her technique. And and the story goes, she was like 13 or something like that. When she, oh, or was that freight train? I think it was freight, freight train. train. Did yeah, she write yeah. freight train when yeah. she was 13? You're 12. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so Shake Sugary. Um, so she's so that song is strongly associated with her you know i think all the many people from the folk revival in the 50s and 60s played shake sugary mm. grateful uh, dead played it a lot yeah 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 try and stop them <laughs> <laughs> uh, but all of them reference uh, elizabeth cotton i think one way or another and the refrain, the refrain, you know, oh, Lordy me, didn't I shake sugary? Everything I got is done in pond is so powerful. And so I knew I wanted to play with it somehow. But, you know, she has those great changes of, you know, of C and F and G, and it bounces along. And I thought, well, I want to treat that. I can't just do that. Right. As great as that is. But if I don't, if I just do that, I might as well play Elizabeth Cotton. <laughs> and so that's when I, uh, I uh, played around with the bass line, and Anna and I found our way, or found our way around that uh, bassing. That the melody sta- once again, it, the melody stays the same. It's the bass that changes all around it. Uh, well, there's, there's a tradition. Nina Simone, famously, her song "Black Swan," is an aria from an opera by Giancarlo Minotti. With Minotti's music essentially taken out, and, and she just <laughs> puts her own music underneath his melody, under his aria tune. Wow. So that's there Black, yeah, Black Swan. Well, that is heady company. <laughs> <laughs> what Minotti and Nina Simone? Yes. Well, well, Elizabeth Cotton and I are over here on the other side of things. <laughs> you know, we're doing the best we can. <laughs> Too Sad for the Public, Shake Sugary. You'll find it on the, uh, the latest album called Volume 2, Yet and Still. One for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, but I don't know what for. Oh, Lord, in me, didn't I shake sugary? Everything I got is Shake Sugary, a version of the uh, the old song from Too Sad for the Public, featuring Anna Eggy on voice and national steel guitar, and once again, Bobby Hawk on violin, and Ish Montgomery on bass, Ethan Eubanks behind the drums, Lorenzo Wolf has been playing more synth than guitar in this set, and Dick Kinnett, you have been behind another keyboard, the Mellotron. Yes, well, as you know, John, and I think everyone knows, it's accepted universally that if you really want to get into the deep American roots music, you <laughs> build it around a Mellotron. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, yes, if you're a member of the Moody Blues, uh, maybe oh. maybe you go. <laughs> but this is not a vintage 1970 Mellotron. This is the current edition, right? Yes, there's, uh, some company based in Los Angeles and Stockholm got the original samples and they've made uh, dedicated keyboards to both the Mellotron sounds and also the Chamberlain sounds. I guess they date back to the 60s, is that right? Yeah, I mean, I, I know Bowie used the Chamberlain on those uh, on low and you know records like that. It's 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 I'm having a lot of fun with it and uh, when we were we were going to play this 
club. We played a club jalopy, and I thought, well, I could play the piano, but then they got to tune the pianos like a couple months ago. I could bring my harmonium, but I'm tired of lugging that around. Then I found out about the Meltron, and then I started playing around with it. And there are hundreds of sounds, and I try to use it so that it doesn't sound like the Moody Blues. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it, I don't know if any of your listeners no fair cheating before we mentioned this, thought, oh, he's playing a Mellotron. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, it does not have that kind of... I mean, the original Mellotrons, they literally had strips of tape, and you could hear the warbling, the, <laughs> the wow and flutter, to use the technical term, yes, of, yes. of the tape as it went over the heads inside the machine. But there's another, another aspect is that you can, as with the original Mellotrons, you can combine the sounds. So for every song, out of the hundreds of sounds, I'm working on combinations of mm. more than one sound. So, for example, uh, on Shake Sugary, it's both a piano and a vibes at the same time at the same time right so that creates what that sound is yeah yeah so you know so I, I hope it kind of go, what is that you know what is that yeah so i'm having a great time and i'm not putting it down anytime soon <laughs> <laughs> a lot more portable than the old harmonium as well yes the uh, album is called Volume 2, Yet and Still, from the band Too Sad for the Public, who've been playing for us here today. And Dick, uh, Volume 2, just as good as Volume 1, which, as you know, was a record I loved a lot. So thank you for bringing the band in and playing for us today. I love this band. I thank them all. I, 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 I love playing with them. and I love what we make together. Thanks for having us, John. And thanks also to our crew in the control room, uh, our set today engineered by George Wellington, video shot by Joe Enright, our video editor is Eric Weber, Laura Boyman produced today's show. I'm John Schaefer. Thanks for being with us for this episode of Soundcheck. You can keep up with everything that we're doing in the New Sounds world by subscribing to our free weekly newsletter. Just text New Sounds to 70101.